Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our Why We Are Vegan podcast interview series entitled Why We Are Vegan. Each week, I'll be posting one to two interviews I've had with inspirational vegans around the world who are walking their talk. Each of my guests share their personal vegan journey and insights they've gathered along the way. You are about to listen to my interview with Yurnea Tomsik. Yurnea is one of the most interesting and outwardly passionate people I know. Yurnea began her vegan journey over six years ago. Yurnea, tell us a little bit about yourself personally. So my name is Yurnea. I'm 47 years old and I'm vegan. Um, about myself, I'm a biologist, so which means I went into biology because I love animals. I've always loved animals. I've had cats from the age of, I believe, four. Um, so I was born in Europe, in Slovenia, and I moved to Ohio later. Uh, but I've always had animals. And when I was studying in Italy, I adopted a dog who actually found us. Mm -hmm. um, and he moved with us to the U.S. when we moved here. So, But I've been an animal lover since I remember. Mm -hmm. What do you currently do professionally? I think you mentioned you're a biologist, but could you expound on that a bit? Yes. So right now I do work uh, in a medical center, in a cancer center um, mm -hmm. here in Southern California. And uh, when I started my grad school, I was studying molecular biology. And I was studying molecular biology and bacteria, and we were working on um, finding antibiotics that would target bacteria directly without messing up human cells. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, so in 2008, um, when the crash happened and money was tight for basic research, mm -hmm. I moved into cancer research. And uh, they needed the labor laboratory mm -hmm. in Ohio State. They needed a molecular biologist, so, but they were a human genetics lab. So I learned about human genetics and how genes predispose to cancer. Mm -hmm. And I've moved as a human geneticist to Southern California. So the problem is I work on human genetics on cancers that can actually be in major part at least prevented or alleviated via diet change, which yeah. is plant-based lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of a struggle every day <laughs> as I go into work because primary prevention is almost not discussed. Wow. What are your aspirations for your future? Usually, uh, from Europeans don't do, at least we were not doing, focus in, you know, your next five years on 10 or 10 mm -hmm. years. So this is just not the way I think we roll in general, knowing where we're going with climate change. I don't really know what to think about the future. So I'm really focusing on almost now and like the next year. Yeah. So right now the closest aspiration is, so I'm set on running vegan living program mm -hmm. in Pasadena, California which is a one-month training of pre-vegans that are paired with vegan mentors. Um, and we'll be discussed what veganism is and um, the impact of not being vegan on the environment, the animals and human health. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much um, 
people reach out to you and you really teach people that are open to the message. So again, it's going after a low hanging fruit that is pretty much ready, humans that are ready to be changed. Beautiful. So further, long time is um, very. If you were in a room filled with a dozen kindergartners, how would you share with them why you are vegan in your own words as if speaking with them right now? I've actually had a chance to speak. They were actually not kindergartners, but they were second, third graders. Mm -hmm. Um, Back when I lived in Ohio, when I volunteered for the Ohio Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Mm -hmm. And I loved speaking to kids. I don't have my own kids, but speaking to kids about volunteering with the farm animal sanctuary or in this case would be about veganism is what I would love to do like every day. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind talking to children. Mm-hmm. So where I, what I know that they always love to hear was stories about animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so they loved seeing what we do. So they loved the story about, you know, um, animal rescuers go in and take animals from bad situations. So definitely I would share stories about why animals are used in, you know, puppy meals or animals are used in for food. And of course, definitely the first thing I would start with is sharing my story, probably with a picture of my cow. Mm -hmm. So sharing my story about how I went from an animal rescuer that was a non-vegan to over a few months into a full-blown, pretty much vegan activist, Mm -hmm. just because of this one cow who did change my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, definitely, I I would start with the animals and then go from there and probably touch on the environment because of their their future. Mm-hmm. Um, climate change will impact their future majorly. I mean, it will impact our own future, although we are older, but still we are already feeling it and we will feel it even more. Mm-hmm. But it will definitely impact their future a lot. What made you decide to become vegan? What tipped the scale for you to go all in? There is the moment that I remember, again, it's not this one thing. I'm sure things were happening, seeds were being planted over some time from other people and, of course, volunteering at the sanctuary. But the moment when I decided vegan is the way to go was when I was at my first circus protest Mm-hmm. At, um, when I was still in Ohio. So, of course, it was the Barnum and Bailey Circus. At, uh, they were actually having their show at the Ohio State University mm-hmm. at Schottenstein Center. And there was a vegan standing next to me. And we were randomly chatting. I know he was a vegan because he was wearing his vegan T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about why we were there. And he, the way he talked to me, he assumed I was a vegan. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much fought it back. And I'm like, no, 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 I would never be a vegan. But, uh, you know, I eat humanely killed and humanely raised cows. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me very calm, 
very nice. He was a grad student at that point at Ohio State mm-hmm. and just very calmly said, you know, that steak is still a dead cow. So by then I've already rescued. So this was in May of 2013. By then I already rescued the four month old dairy cow. So he was trash to dairy. His name is Bambi. <laughs> and I would see him every Saturday since the end of February. So March, April into May, I would be seeing him, walking him, hugging him, loving on him for months while still eating his brothers and drinking milk. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much woke me up. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I just knew, okay, if he's alive, because probably my main point was, oh, you die. If you go vegan, you die because, you know, protein and calcium and all of that. Mm-hmm. So once I really made a connection, okay, he's a vegan and he's alive because he's standing right next to me, that was a no-brainer. So that was a very, and I'll always remember that. And that was the best thing I've ever done. Go to that first circus protest. <laughs> That's awesome. Your nail, what does being vegan mean to you personally? When I went vegan, I thought, okay, vegan is a personal choice. People are vegan and some people are not. And over time, very briefly after I went vegan, I was actually invited to uh, Abolitionist Approach Facebook page. That's led by, uh, that was started by Gary Francione. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I learned vegan is a moral imperative, which so makes sense. I Mm -hmm. mean, if we don't have to kill a sentient being to be alive, yes, then we just shouldn't. So really, the least we can do is not eat them, not exploit them, not see them as things. So over time, the view of what vegan means has been changing. So, uh, I've been evolving and in understanding what vegan means. Mm -hmm. And at this point, yes, vegan is about justice, justice for all, non-human and human alike. It's really about not being complicit in exploitation of anybody. Please share how you continue to benefit from being vegan physically, emotionally, spiritually. Definitely, most probably, I mean, at, at the age of 47, Probably I, I'm healthier than I would have been if I just kept doing my old, um, eating my old diet, like the non-vegan diet. Mm-hmm. But what is more important to me is from the spiritual point of view, veganism has helped me a lot. When I went vegan uh, in 2013, it was really to align my actions with my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, I started understanding again that everybody at this point um, in the world we live, we are all um, really being exploited. So it's, it's really seeing all the connections of how the system is exploiting animals and even humans and especially how all different ways of exploitation are connected, Mm -hmm. like slaughterhouse workers, but not only slaughterhouse workers, even workers that are picking our vegetables. I mean, they are not treated properly. So it just opened my eyes more to, I always say, as a European, 
that knew about racism in the US, but has never interacted with people of color in the US that are treated, um, that have to deal with racism mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Um, at the beginning, I just dismissed it mm -hmm. because it didn't involve me, of course, as a white person. But mm -hmm. once I went vegan, I'm way more open to listen to their message, hear them out, and do as much as I can, um, really standing up for um, standing up for all injustices, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Yunia, how do you define a vegan lifestyle? A vegan lifestyle. So again, um, way back in way back in the day of my six years of being vegan. Yes, I was calling it a lifestyle at one point, mm -hmm. and then, of course, I was calling it an ethical stance. And now, really, I've moved on to calling it a political thing because veganism, yes, it's eating plant foods, right? But mm -hmm. it's more than that. We know that food and politics are involved. Mm -hmm. especially because we know what is being subsidized. Yep. What is subsidized are animal foods, clearly, or feed to feed animals that become, quote unquote, food. Mm -hmm. So at this point, being vegan is really a political stance. Mm -hmm. and, and being against seeing those animals just as things and even more than that, uh, again, is even being against the whole system of oppression that has been oppressing, especially people of color. So my whole knowledge of vegan being a political stance comes from uh, being interested in like reading works of especially African-American uh, mm -hmm. vegans. Mm -hmm. And as I probably never want to bring up names of people because I might always forget some and I hate doing that. But mm -hmm. there are just a few that I just adore what they have to say and what they do. And one is Christopher Sebastian. Mm -hmm. And he is um, he's an African-American and he teaches speciesism at Columbia University in New York. And he does so many other things. And he always connects oppression of blacks with speciesism so racism with speciesism mm -hmm. and the other two are two ladies two vegan sisters and they're both they're african-american uh, afco and silco and they wrote a book afroism mm -hmm. and again they discuss uh again they discuss about politics and veganism and that actually being vegan is a very important stance against all oppression. Mm -hmm. Yurnea, tell us a little bit about your vegan lifestyle. What's a week in the life of Yurnea? Unfortunately, <laughs> Monday to Friday, pretty much 8.30 to 5 um, or 5 something, I go to work to my lovely medical center. And yes, I, I do my genetics work, but every chance I get whenever they decide to talk about prevention, which very often 
is not prevention for what I see as the only prevention mm-hmm. that we should talk about. Really prevent something before it happens. Yes. Prevent cancer before it happens. Prevent broken leg before it breaks. Mm-hmm. No, they very often talk about early detection and they still call it they still call it prevention mm-hmm. or they talk about, again, you can call it tertiary prevention when you're already using medications. So yeah. doesn't make any sense. But I always come up with primary prevention, why people should eat plants. So mm-hmm. I'm becoming that annoying scientist <laughs> at work, but it's been two years now and they are slowly, slowly, slowly starting to listen. So that's my work during work time Mm -hmm. and then I'm involved um, with one group on Wednesdays every Wednesday so we meet it's called Batch Help 101. Mm -hmm. It was started by a retired librarian that I met at an event that was put up by uh, Kindred Spirits Care Farm Mm -hmm. back in 2016 so I met her there and I realized she pretty much lives down the road from me so I I go to her group and mm-hmm. we discuss yes it's called 101 but it's always deeper than Veg Help 101 we mm-hmm. go in some serious discussions and then Saturdays I volunteer at the at the Kindred, at Kindred Spirits Care Farm mm-hmm. which is a magical place mm-hmm. Um, where we grow vegetables and then, of course, there are rescued animals. Uh, so it's a place where one really can recharge after a stressful week, especially at work. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, in my in my free time, um, I tend to my yard. I really enjoy my backyard with fruits, uh, fruit trees and planting tons of different flowers. So really just to have something nice to enjoy again mm-hmm. when I'm stressed from, you know, coming back from work when somebody just got me upset because they didn't want to listen about <laughs> about prevention. Yes, so <laughs> maybe I'm going on and on and on constantly about prevention, but why have people and animals suffer and die yeah. when we could prevent it? Absolutely. What is most important to you about living a vegan lifestyle? The most important to me is really we all believe, I think, because I believe this, of course, before I went vegan. That's why I went vegan. But we all believe that if we don't need to exploit, kill, if we don't need to unnecessarily um, use animals or other beings for us to be healthy and happy why do it Mm -hmm. so it's really aligning my beliefs with my actions and one would say knowing what is going on in the world vegans are more depressed just if you focus on the suffering Mm -hmm. that's going on but all in all i am a much happier person than i was Mm Although at times it's depressing, but if I just look at how I feel that I'm not part of the, I just call it the madness Mm -hmm. in the world, Mm -hmm. um, I am much happier. Beautiful. What do you wish more people understood about the benefits of being vegan or about living a vegan lifestyle in general? 
first, I would just want that people would stop and listen to what vegans have to say. Mm-hmm. Because they only listen to mass media when they bring up things that are not even, even if they're true, they're really, they don't dig deeper. So mass media always talks about, oh, vegan is a diet. And we know that vegan is just not a diet. It's much more than that. Mm-hmm. So vegans, I think most vegans want non-vegans to um, really listen and at that point understand that they themselves know that we, again, that we shouldn't be killing and exploiting sentient beings if there Mm -hmm. is no need for that. And just realize that there is no need for that. Although, yes, as I said, I'm a biologist, so I should have known that to get a cow on my plate, one had to kill the cow. Mm -hmm. But you just don't think about it. So it took me 40, 41 years to stop. And when I was poked, as I call it, by that lovely vegan guy, something clicked and I changed. Mm -hmm. But I really listened and I was ready to. I was ready to change. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you wish more people would have a conversation about around veganism? What I wish people would would talk more about is if I said that vegan is an ethical stance. So bringing animals to the forefront, Mm -hmm. bringing why we are vegan as because it's ethical. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to be. This is what I think the discussion should be about most times and this is not this is never brought up in even long pieces in mainstream media like um, different New York Times or it can be a very long beautifully written piece Mm -hmm. about health benefits and uh, benefits to the environment of vegan lifestyle Mm -hmm. but very often the ethics of it all is missed Mm-hmm. And they skipped. I think because they don't want to, when you go into ethics, uh, it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And most people don't want to be doing that. But I think ethics should be touched more often than not. Mm-hmm. When you hear excuses from someone about why they couldn't go vegan, do you feel you're able to change their perspective with what you know? It really depends. To me, it really depends if they're open or not. Mm -hmm. So I will just tell you quickly, quickly my story of how I've been good friends with a vegan from one year before I went vegan, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. May 2012, I ran into a lovely friend whose name is Lydia. I call her BFF, (laughs) although she has many BFFs probably, but I just adore her. And we've been friends because of some other connection. She comes, um, her family comes from Slovenia. Mm -hmm. So we connected on the ground of, you know, family roots. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I thought, okay, you are vegan and I'm not. And that's it. So I was not open. And she was a very 
she she was i'm saying she was because she's not anymore after she met me an introvert <laughs> uh, so i've been on her back for a while and now she's outspoken but i think i was ready to hear the message of that lovely vegan guy a year later because i was exposed to things over one year probably even longer but i i would say one year because me and her we would go maybe for coffee every now and then and chat about things not veganism Mm -hmm. but I would still be aware that she wouldn't drink milk she wouldn't eat certain things right non-vegan things Mm -hmm. Um, so at that point I was open to what he had to say so I think that that I can change mind of people that are open Mm -hmm. and for the rest I do always try to plant seeds always kind and gentle way uh, insulting will not mm-hmm. <laughs> lead us far and especially vegans should realize that calling names it's not gonna do anybody any good especially not the animals mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm I try my best to change their mind if I see that they're kind of fighting back I leave it at that and just move on mm-hmm. because eventually they will come around I know that I mean eventually Mm-hmm. How do you feel about mainstream coverage of animal cruelty, environmental concerns, and the like via social media and news outlets? What I don't like about the mainstream coverage is they always focus on animal cruelty. So some places treat animals really poorly, and you know, some factory farms are treating them really poorly. So at that point, that gives the chance to small family farms to say, to come in into conversation and say, oh, but look at us, we actually treat them as family. And then, whoops, they have one bad day. Mm-hmm. No, that's not it. They see them as resources. So even small family farm farms, when you focus on cruelty, Yes, they might get away with it because they are not cruel to their animals, but they still exploit them, see them as really just money-making machines. So that's one problem. And then when talking about the environment, Mm -hmm. it's very anthropocentric, so very Mm human-focused. So it's all about, oh, we need to save the environment because otherwise human race won't be able to survive. I think people need to, what got us here, is humans being so anthropocentric. Mm -hmm. And um, just because I mentioned, I said the word, what got us here, there is a very good book called Ishmael, uh, written by Daniel Quinn. Mm -hmm. It's a novel, Mm -hmm. but if you read it as a vegan, and I know that Daniel Quinn probably is not even vegetarian. I mean, I assume he's not, Mm -hmm. but definitely he's not a vegan. But when you read the book, you actually can tell what brought us here. It's humans thinking that we are better than everything else mm-hmm. and just using and abusing nature as um, as if there is no tomorrow. Yeah. So I think that we should, mass media should stop focusing on, on cruelty and the environment in the anthropocentric way but I know that's not going to happen because the media is sponsored by we know who. Mm-hmm. 
um, industries that, that profit from animal exploitation. Yeah. Yunea, what questions would you pose to the mainstream to move the conversation to what you feel is most important to understand about the global benefits of veganism? It's what I ask every person that wants to really seriously engage in a discussion about veganism, Mm -hmm. I would first start by asking them, do you think that it's right to exploit sentient beings when we don't need to do so? Mm -hmm. And I assume that most human beings, um, even people that work in uh, mainstream media, they would all agree that if it's unnecessary, then we just shouldn't exploit sentient beings. Mm -hmm. The problem is what necessary means. And we are made believe that protein only comes from animals. So there you go. Exploiting animals for food is necessary. Mm -hmm. But we would need to change and start talking more about how it is unnecessary and actually how beneficial it is to eat plant-based diet for human health, and then, of course, uh, for the animals. Yunea, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the use of self-identifiers such as smegan, partially vegan, flexitarian, and the like? I am very much allergic to all of them. <laughs> they are all non-vegans labeling themselves because they all know that, yes, eating less meat is better for the environment, eating less meat is better for this, is better for that, but they just don't want to go all the way. Mm -hmm. So they want to feel better about themselves while not giving up, which actually is not even true because we didn't give up anything. We gained so much by going vegan, but they just think, oh, I cannot give up this or that. But all the self-identifiers are just very annoying, I Mm -hmm. would say. Okay. How do you feel about the phrase plant-based being used today by companies of all kinds for meals, textiles, home goods, accessories, personal care, and other products that are not, in fact, vegan? Yes, the plant-based is another, I would just say, annoying term. Mm -hmm. Um, A friend of mine who is a philosopher, he now is saying we should even, even vegans should use plant-exclusive Even when we talk about whole food, plant-based diet, we Mm -hmm. should use plant-exclusive diets. So people don't start using one egg here, one egg there, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, I'm plant-based. But in general, plant-based can get people very confused, Mm -hmm. I I believe. So they just don't know that plant-based doesn't mean vegan very often Mm -hmm. because they just assume, okay, it only contains plants. Let's say the product is a shampoo, right? Mm -hmm. But you never know if something was then tested on animals. Mm -hmm. So again, it can be very confusing. It's okay to a certain degree, but then it can be very confusing for the general public who's usually just not gonna do and research and read labels, especially, you know, when, when at a certain age, you need to start pulling your reading glasses out <laughs> and it just becomes a little, you know, not very convenient. So you just don't do it. Mm-hmm. 
What vegans do you respect and keep tabs on? Are there any other vegans you'd like to share with us that you believe truly walk their talk and inspire you? How many hours do we have? (laughs) Who I'm very in tune with and who I follow are a lot of people that have been through what I call the abolitionist approach Mm -hmm. teachings and know the works of Gary Franzone and then the animal rights theory by um, Tom Reagan. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these people run different small grassroots um, nonprofits or they just, even without running a nonprofit, they do small events, they do vegan outreach, they do tabling events um, where they do vegan education. Mm -hmm. And I'm connected with Many, many of these grassroots um, vegans Mm -hmm. from all over the world. And I'm realizing I'm closer to them than I I am to my brother uh, because (laughs) our worldview is pretty much the same, although we didn't grow up Mm -hmm. or in the same country or, you know, not in the same family. Mm -hmm. But I would really feel bad to you know, leave people out. So I know that I will, but I will mention a few. So first, um, Vegan Shift was started. So it's a Vegan Shift. It's a nonprofit that was started by Araya Flynn. Mm-hmm. And she's in Columbus, Ohio. She's been vegan for 15, 17 years. And she is working on personal change, on people changing in their personal life. But then she's also talking to senators and she goes up and does politics, Mm -hmm. which I'm not good at doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there is um, Serena Farb, who has her YouTube channel, Born Vegan. She's been raised vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's a biochemist. So she's a scientist, pretty much like me. and she teaches, I believe, um, in a high school in Kansas. But you can only imagine she was brought up a vegan in Kansas. And mm-hmm. she does some amazing work. And then there is South Florida Vegan Education Group run by my friends Elena and Keith. And they do the way Keith writes about veganism and Many topics related to veganism is just amazing. And I often share his blog posts. Uh, Of course, not to forget the latest um, vegan campaign, Be Fair, Be Vegan, Mm -hmm. which is the amazing campaign run by... So the design is done by Joanne Lucas Mm -hmm. from Colorado. And Angel Flynn is pretty much the pen of a lot of the stories mm-hmm. um, that they describe. And uh, Angel Flynn is from New Zealand, and she uh, lives in Hawaii in an intentional vegan community. So, but there are so many more, and I hate that I cannot list them all, but <laughs> we could be here the whole day. It's all good. It's all good. You know, what's the most difficult decision along your vegan journey that you've had to make? Does stepping away or abandoning many that I considered good friends count? Yeah. 
just because I just didn't feel I we aligned anymore, although we were decently, decently close friends. But mm-hmm. at some point, you just don't don't align with with people anymore. That's kind of hard because yes, I thought with some of these people, we we had other worldviews that were very aligned and very similar. But once it came to me going vegan, then yeah, that was they just didn't want to go there. Gotcha. Yunea, to sum our time up together in one sentence, please tell us why are you vegan? I'm vegan because I believe that nobody of any species should be seen or treated as a resource. And I include humans, especially when people treat humans of other race or other nationality as animals. Is there anything you'd like to discuss that hasn't been asked today? No, I don't think so. Really, the solution to a lot of problems. Again, not all of our problems, not all health problems. There are some diseases that are caused by genetics. We cannot deny that. But a lot of things could be solved by eating the food that's appropriate, actually eating the only food that can be called food, which Mm -hmm. is plant-exclusive food. The rest is not even food. All right, well, you did a great job of this interview. Okay. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. Find out when the next episode of this enlightening and thought-provoking interview series is available by following Why We Are Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ID for all three is Why We Are Vegan. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You can visit our free resource site, whywearevegan.org, for podcasts you may have missed and links to all our social media. Take care.